a lot of people say to me, well, why did you leave your job? And you don't even have kids with a disability. So why are you doing this for these kids? Why do you care so much about making these children feel included? And I just say back, well, I've got a very big heart and I want to create an inclusive world for my kids as well as their friends. And I want my girls to understand what it's like for people that may be a little bit different or, you know, have different abilities. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. We're proud to present Courageous Conversations, a podcast series focusing on the tough decisions people have made to put themselves on a pathway to success. This episode is brought to you by Connect Now, who makes the business of moving easier for both you and your clients. For more information, visit connectnow.com.au. Please welcome your host, Leanne Pilkington. Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington here with the latest Courageous Conversation and this story is an absolute cracker. You are going to absolutely love Louise Larkin. Thank you so much for being here, Louise. Thank you so much for having me, Leanne. It's such a pleasure. So Louise started an organisation called Friend in Me and I read the story. I don't even know where, whether it was online or in a magazine and it really Played on the heartstrings. And those of you who know me know I'm not the most emotional person in the family. That title belongs to Jackie Jones. Um, But I just read it and I thought I have to share Louise's story. So, Louise, tell me, friend in me, how did it start? Absolutely. So my background is corporate events. So I spent a lot of my career uh, in a very senior role. I was Associate Director of Sales and Events. So that was my background career-wise. And I was driving to work one day and listening to the radio as you do in the morning. And there was a mum in tears on the radio crying because she organised a party for her little boy and nobody turned up. And at the time, I know you can't even imagine. No. And I'm driving along and I thought, oh, gosh, what if that was my little girl? You know, that's, that's really sad. How come nobody turned up? And this little boy was living with disabilities So I thought, you know, has he been excluded because of his disabilities? And I thought, I need to do something about this. This is not nice. And that's literally how it started. I rang a couple of girlfriends from my gym and I said, let's put on a little party for all the boys and girls that have never been invited to a birthday before or, you know, had people not turn up. And what did your girlfriends do? Just go, oh, Louise. Uh, (laughs) Well, they know I love, love a good event. So they were all about that. They're like, yes, let's do it. So within six weeks, we, you know, put together this really fun party. Yeah. You know, we just had we had things like, you know, a popcorn stand and some kids entertainment and we just did it out at our How local community it? hall. Uh, that was all through fundraising. So yeah. just fundraising and all through the beautiful community that um, gave all of their, you know, services for free, which was lovely. And I remember I was setting up this event and we, you know, we pulled it off in about six weeks at our little community hall and I was inside and the doors were ready to open and one of the girls comes and she goes, Lou, you have to see the line outside this door. I was like, what do you mean? Like are people actually turning up? You know when you have an event or your oh, own sure. birthday, you think, is anybody going to turn up? What if no one turns up? Yeah, um, fancy having a party um, for a little boy where nobody turned up and nobody turns up to the... Oh, that, oh gosh, that would have been yeah. terrible. <laughs> Um, and we ended up having about 350 people at that first event. And I thought, oh, that's nice. You know, and then, you know, I went back to my corporate world and I did another one the following year and it grew to about 700. 
And I thought, you know what, something's really happening here. And then I had my second daughter. So I've got three beautiful girls and this was my second one. And I was on maternity leave and I started pushing more with friend in me. I started thinking more about the inclusion and the exclusion and looking more into children with disabilities and diagnoses of autism and all that sort of thing. And I said to my husband one day, I don't want to go back to my corporate world. He's like, well, don't. You know what men are like? Yeah. Well, don't. Uh, and here I am in tears. I'm like, but I have to. We have a mortgage. We have children. There's school fees. And, you know, I'm, I'm carrying on as I do, probably still hormonal at this point. And he said to me, don't go back, Lou. If this isn't fueling you, then don't go back. And so I rang up and I resigned. And then I sat there and I've gone, well, now what? okay, I've resigned now. <laughs> Yeah. Now what do I do? Um, but what that did was I, you know, I then registered it as a charity and I started doing all these beautiful things and the opportunities that then opened up for friending me were amazing. You know, oh. that feeling of, you know, letting it all go and yeah. letting fate kind of take its cause. Yeah. So when you got to that, um, that committed stage, well, once I got there, you know, we started getting more corporate opportunities, corporate sponsorship. Um, we started getting a lot of media at this point, like doors were just opening, you know, the project TV called me and they said, we've just saw, seen your story and we want to do a story on this. And then I started doing really big events. So the last event that we could have pre-COVID, we had close to 3,000, we had just under 3,000 people. And it was a beautiful, inclusive sensory friendly environment where every child that walked through those doors had a purpose they were welcome there and that you know I did little invitations that all the kids could put something on their fridge because that's something so small that if a child's not getting an invite to something you know we we take it for granted if our kids are but what if you are the child that's not because you are living with differences and you're being misunderstood yeah so that's how it all began. And that's how I took that leap. And I left a very secure job, um, very good money to now I'm still a volunteer. So three years on leaving my, you know, very good salary, I'm still a volunteer. Not just a very good salary um, and a senior role, but that kind of, it can play into your identity, right? Having a, a role at that level in a mm. corporate organisation. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, I've always had a really big heart and clearly, I mean, I don't have any children living with disabilities yeah. right now or any sort of diagnosis. A lot of people say to me, well, why did you leave your job and you don't even have kids with a disability? So why are you doing this for these kids? Why do you care so much about making these children feel included? And I just say back, well, I've got a very big heart. And I want to create an inclusive world for my kids as well as their friends. And I want my girls to understand what it's like for people that may be a little bit different or, you know, have different abilities. And why it's such an important message. Having... I loved what you said to, um, to one of your girls. You don't have to be friends with everyone, but you do have to be kind. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's Giselle. And she questions a lot about things. So she's five. So she's really at that age where yeah. she's like, Mummy, why is this and why is that? And she came to me one day. She said, 
mummy, why doesn't this little girl from her kinder talk like we all do? And I explained to her, I said, well, you know, she has some difficulties and she's got lots of doctors and lots of nurses that are supporting her and helping her talk. I said, but what does that mean for us? She goes, it still means that we can be friends. It still means that I have to be kind to her. And Giselle's just found this beautiful line because now they're in school together she can help her. She recognises that she needs to help her sometimes and support her if, it feel, if she feels like she isn't getting that support she needs right then and there or can't understand something, to go and flinging around on the monkey bars and just being a kid with her. Yeah. So it's really beautiful to see my girls, like this being instilled into my girls as well. So they understand that everybody comes from different walks of lives. Yeah. You know, it's not even just... Um, disabilities you know it's same-sex marriages it's you know adopted children it's all of these things anyone who's a little bit different yeah everybody but it just means that we need everybody to be included and everybody needs to be able to have that support and a purpose I think that's probably one of the biggest takeaways is that all children everybody not just children but you know our organization focuses on children at the moment but we want them to give them we want to give them purpose, that they should be here, that they should be not entitled to just having a party, yeah. but entitled to having friendships, to having peers, to being able to go to the park. And even if they can't go down the slide, well, can they? what else can they do there? Yeah. How are we building parks to make them feel included? Wow, who would have thought, right, that um, that one conversation that you heard on the radio would end up turning into this? Yeah, I know. And I'm, I am so proud. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's been really hard. You know, we are up against some extremely large organizations that get very big government funding, lots of donations from the community. And, you know, there's some days where I go, oh, no, this is all just too hard. You know, I'm just going to go back to my corporate world and I'm going to just work for somebody and just life will be easy. Yeah. And then it's always at that point where I have that little moment where something else will come through. Like I'll get an award or I'll get some meet, more media approach me or I get a beautiful parent call me and say, I just want to let you know what that virtual party meant to my child or what that workshop meant to my child. And then all over again, I feel pepped up and happy again that I'm, I'm doing amazing things for the community. Yeah, well, you certainly are. So you do workshops. Well, we do sort of online social groups. Um, So a lot of our families come to us and say, you know, we are looking for my my child, you know, she's eight years old. She finds it very difficult to make friends. You know, she's living with this or whatever it may be. So we're just starting to do some online social groups that just build their confidence and build their resilience. I, I love the word resilience, but I don't like using it all the time. But that's what we're doing and just giving them that, you know, those tools about how you can approach or, you know, sometimes it's just one connection, albeit online at the moment, but sometimes it's just that one connection where they can walk away and go, you know what, mum, that was really nice. I spoke to little Jackie and, you know, it was really nice connecting with her. And then all of a sudden they have, you know, some kind of purpose again. Yeah. But what we've really grown with COVID because like I said we had large events face to face I'm a real connector I'm like I'm a hugger I want to hug people I want to see people I love expression I love events I love seeing it all and then you think you know two years on we haven't been able to do that but we started doing virtual parties so 
lots of virtual parties for just, you know, the everyday little boy and girl, but for a lot of sick children as well. So we've done. It's actually probably better, right? They couldn't get to a real life event. So um, a virtual Definitely event. not. Yeah. Well, we've done a lot of kids who are sick in hospital. So, you know, they can't get out. And um, we've done over 700 virtual parties since this pandemic started. So wow. lots of energy, lots of dancing. Um, we have our characters, as I was saying, we have our Elsa, Superman, Supergirl, Batman, whoever we need, and we just connect like this via Zoom and we have fun and we have a bit of a dance and we get feedback from the family saying, you don't know what that meant to my child, like right now when they're feeling so tired like we all are and a little bit alone and reserved and going into a little bit of a shell, like I've seen so many children going into a shell in the last couple of years. Yeah. So we just want to be able to bring that out in them. So that's what we've been working on at the moment, which, you know, has been beautifully exhausting. Like it's, yeah, it's, I can only like, imagine. <laughs> it's high energy. Although I'm the lucky one. I'm not the one dressing up as a princess. Yeah, I've been just... <laughs> oh, see, I would love to dress up as a princess. I've even got a tiara just behind me because... Oh, I think you'd make a perfect princess. Maybe like a princess belle or something I see you. Some <laughs> <laughs> people might say I'm a bit of a princess already, but that's another conversation. Um, <laughs> so tell me what's... Um, you said that what is next on the um, horizon for you is um, a training platform. Talk to me about what you're trying to achieve with that so what we're trying to do there is i feel like a lot of community organizations and businesses they just need a toolbox they need a toolbox of you know it's all good to say we are inclusive we promote inclusion that's fabulous but how do you do that how would you behave or how do you teach your staff or other families to behave if a little girl walks in with autism and she has a complete meltdown on the ground yeah. or if your little girl walks into your tool shop and she starts playing with everything. How do you behave if you can kind of read the signs that there might be something there? Yeah. So we would love to be able to build this platform that will be a web-based platform for now. My dream is to do face-to-face -face and I want a party bus. I want an inclusion party bus. But that, oh, yeah. That will come. That sounds <laughs> like I, I wonder if anybody remembers, but when I was in primary school, we would have Harold, the health van that would drive around. It's a big giraffe van. And I remember that. I remember they'd come and check your teeth and your health. Right. And but I just remember Harold the van. And I remember yeah. this, you know, 30 years ago or so. And so I would love to have a big party bus. Like the Friendly Me bus is here. We're going to talk inclusion and we're oh, going to talk about it. That would be amazing. I love that. Oh, yeah. um, but with the for the start and the pilot, we'd love to build like a three, four module platform that you just click through and you just, you might have a champion in your business that just goes through it all and then filters it down to the team or the employees or yeah. lets families know. So when these kids are coming into this organisation or your dance group, you know, we would start small as we're rolling it out, but you know, soccer club, Auskick, we just know how to behave. So we're not making not just a child, but the whole family feel excluded for whatever reason. Yeah, totally. So how, do we, how do we make sure that every single organisation has disabled toilets? You know, how do we make sure of that? So if there is a little boy or girl that's in a wheelchair and would love to be part of this art group, but they can't because there's no disabled toilet, how do we make that happen? And it is so minor sometimes, but... You know, we would love to see that and then it'd be badged. It would be badged in the Friendly Me Inclusive Organisation. Yeah. So that's what I've been kind of 
twiddling my thumbs on in the last, you know, couple of years during the pandemic. It's kind of, that's a silver lining, I think, with all that's going on at the moment is we had a little bit of time to stop and reflect and where where to next and what is our plan, you know, what are we going to do? I want to continue doing events because that is my thing. I love that. But there needs to be something more that we are changing things. Yeah. We are changing the narrative. We are changing the way people think and react because no child should be excluded and no child should be left behind just because they're living with differences. I think that yeah. that's probably the key. I couldn't agree more. I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing. Um, so if anybody who's watching wants to connect and check out what uh, what you're doing and see if there's anything, any skills that they can bring to help you um, bring your dreams to life, where will they find you? Uh, so where you can, via social media, I'm always on there and about, but our, our website is www.friendinme.org.au. Beautiful. It has been an absolute pleasure uh, catching up with you and hearing your story, Louise. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Courageous Conversations with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agency's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com.